0: hello and welcome to another episode of the transformations with jane podcast i'm your host jane nakata a coach for women here in northern japan and the creator of the woman in japan mastermind and the jumpstart course so today I'm feeling a little bit, not I'm sh- I'm not sure if the word's deflated, <laughs> but a little bit um, like I've just sort of hit a wall, and it might be because you know if you've been watching the TV, you will know what's been happening in um, in Japan recently. We've had a massive typhoon. And it's caused a lot of damage to the city where I live and the surrounding cities. There's just so many places that have been really, really hit. Um, So much mud everywhere and um, so many people who have lost everything in my city, especially. So, um, yeah, it's been a very sort of dramatic few days here in Iwaki. And... Thankfully, today I had a chance to speak to the wonderful Jennifer Shinkai. And it was so lovely to, well, a talk to Jennifer because she is just, you know, a wonderful person, but also to have a chance to um think about something else for a little for a moment and even just sort of have an hour of um focusing on something outside of what's happening here in my city at the moment. So um Yeah, we'll just cut straight to the interview today. But I just wanted to not put on the the smiley face and not try and um, cover up the fact that, you know, things aren't always rosy. (laughs) I'm not always, uh, you know, bubbly and out there and, you know, and actually Jennifer reminded me at the end of our chat after we finished recording that it's okay to have bad days and we need to acknowledge them too. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't want to be a person who could you know, live through a natural disaster and not have any feelings about it either. So that's where we are today. But I hope you'll enjoy this interview because Jennifer is lovely. She has some really great things to share about the work she does and how she helps people as well as where we're going to talk about ikigai and making, you know, incremental small changes in your lifestyle that can lead to and having a, a really wonderful life. So with that, I will play the uh, interview for today. I hope you enjoy. Jennifer welcome to the transformations with Jane podcast it's great to have you on the show today thanks for coming along
1: thank you so much Jane it's lovely to be here yeah
0: okay. yay yay so um we're actually recording this on um yeah actually quite soon after the uh, this when you if you're listening to this and it's just come out we actually recorded it quite soon and we've just actually had some um big you know a big typhoon that's just been through we've had a lot of um, disaster sort of things happening in Japan at the moment. So um, yeah, thanks for coming along today and for adjusting your schedule so that we could um, get this done. My daughter's um, yeah. Yeah, school thing got moved to today and then all of my schedules have been mucked around this week. It's been a bit of a difficult week. How was it for you down in Tokyo? Like I heard so, it was really scary, right, with the wind and stuff.
1: The wind was pretty intense. Um, I live in Sumiraku, which is a very low-lying and famously on the hazard map, you know. Oh
0: dear, yes. It's one of the
1: areas which actually survived the bombing in the Second World War, which is great. It's got all these sort of historical buildings, but it means that, um, for example, the fire risk is huge, earthquake risk is huge, and also it's between the Edogawa and the Arakawa, Sorry, not the okay. Adikawa, the Sumiragawa and the Arakawa. Yes. And so when, if, when and if they flood, then basically we're a nice flood basin, low-lying ground to take it all in. So we were getting all the, you know, the Hinland, the uh, evacuation alerts. Um, but we decided not to evacuate. We had a three-floor house. So we said, okay, let's just go up to the third floor. Um, but I think of all the typhoons, you know, this one, yeah, I took the most seriously. And it was all the kind of buildup from Friday as well. So I really was very unproductive uh, Mm. on that. But luckily, you know, our area was safe. Um, Our neighbors were all fine, despite there being quite a lot of um, old buildings and old people in our ward. Um, Yeah, um, everybody was, uh, it was minimal damage. um, And yeah, everybody seems okay now. So, but an interesting thing happened afterwards, you know, I just, the, the sort of survivor story, you know, on the, Sunday morning I saw a neighbor I've never spoken to him before he's a little bit around the corner and he was just you know sharing oh I evacuated to the school and there were quite a lot of foreigners there who didn't speak uh, Japanese and that must have been quite difficult for them so uh, but you know this 76 year old guy so it's interesting that through sort of these difficult situations that challenge your community you can actually create a different sense of community and different connections. Um, with people, so that was sort of a positive. The end, I felt.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. I like that. You know, I mean, it it does often take something like this to happen to 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 start a conversation with someone you haven't <laughs> spoken be- to before. But yeah, that like going through this shared um, thing yes definitely brings the community together that's for right. sure yeah. yeah and I think I yeah.
1: mean you know about that much more than than
0: I do <laughs> no. I well I, I I'm sitting up here on the hill in my house which is completely yeah. fine I have water um you know that that thing they talk about survivor's guilt you know like we yeah. don't have to go far to find people who've lost everything and their mm-hmm. houses are covered in mud they've lost their cars um you know they may have even you know lost their job if their job is nearby you know right. um so <clears throat> yeah, there is a lot of um yeah suffering and hard hardship at the moment in my very same city where i'm living my normal life mostly yeah so um yeah it it it's been hard to um sort of fathom yeah i've been spared this time, so okay what well basically what what can i do so um in my city and and I think this is what something that's happening a lot in other cities who that have been very damaged is that we're having like, because there's a lot of information on social media now, actually mm-hmm. um, old people are actually missing out on getting the news Like they don't know where to go to get the water. They don't know, mm-hmm. like they might be listening to the radio and things, but they're not um, like TV, for example, is not broadcasting anything about our city just about. So um, it's very hard for them to get information and Um, a lot of old people are struggling. So, you know, for future reference for anyone who's listening, um, (laughs) look out for the old people in your neighborhood, you know, because they are the ones who are going to really struggle when these sort of things happen, you know, like they can't get out of their houses easily to get water, um, get food, you know, traveling to a different part of town for them is often out of the question. So, Yeah. um, yeah, it's really, that seems to be a thing that's really coming up now is how do we protect the elderly who are mm. living alone at home and things so
1: yeah I, I think as well people um of that generation thinking about my neighbors here you know they also have a lot of pride yes and not kind of wanting to ask for help exactly um, They will be so they they'll wanna, be sitting there yeah.
0: suffering right
1: so yeah it,
0: like and you know because i have water and i have you know a washing machine that works and things i've been like picking out people and saying come to my house um you know I've got the bathers waiting for you, you know, and they, they just, I have to literally go around there and drag them to my house.
1: (laughs) And say like, you stink, uh, my friend, please come. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And then um, they'll come and they'll, you know, after they've, you know, used the washing machine and, and things that, you know, they're, they're grateful and they're relieved, you know, and they just feel so much more relaxed because they don't have to worry about that anymore. And, and I just sort of think, you know, it's, it's okay to, to not, have that pride just today you know, yeah this week yeah. You know. let's mm. just accept help and i know it's hard so yeah i've been really actually being quite militant <laughs> 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 trying to you help will come. You, you will, will come to my you house because Why? they were they would rather go and stand in line for an, an hour or two and try and use a coin laundry somewhere right which is the situation that is at the moment like you know, just people overflowing in the coin laundry, people overflowing at the, um, the centos and the, that are open and things. So like, it's mm. just, you know, you don't need to go there, come to my house, you know, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> leave that for other people who have no other option. But so yeah, this is the, the battle that we're having anyway. So yeah, it's a long road I think to recovery for mm. lots of parts of Japan. Yeah. So, you know, if you guys can donate anything, you know, keep your eyes open. There'll be more and more places to send things to clothes Um, school supplies, all of those things are apparently needed um, because, you know, kids have lost all their uniforms, they've lost their school bags, all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, schools have been damaged, so there'll be needs for books and, you know, toys. Kindergartens have been damaged, that sort of thing. So um, this is a great chance to um, move some assets into an area where they need to be used right. yeah the things that are sleeping redistribute in redistribute them yeah, redistribute the assets is that better.
1: one of the the r's now we have many different r's in sustainability right so that sounds like a good yeah, R, right should, redistribute should redistribute yeah we yeah. Yeah. assign yeah. Relocate, yeah. Relocate. <laughs> yeah,
0: Yeah. very good. So, we, well, we've skipped yes. a bit through that, but anyway, <laughs> I just had to talk about that because it's very timely, um, yeah. and this episode is coming out soon. So um mm. anyway, Jennifer, tell us yes. a little bit about you. Where are you from, and how did you get here?
1: Right, so I'm originally from Bury, uh, near Manchester in the UK. It's a sort of post-industrial city. We get a lot of rain, but we've got beautiful hills um and I haven't lived there really since 1996 since I went to university and I studied English literature at Oxford and you asked about um, sort of transformation stories and I yeah. think yeah, actually that was maybe one of the first sort of uncomfortable transformations kind of crucible moment that I had because I'd obviously go to Oxford you're probably an you know all-A student which I was and then I went from being sort of top of the class to just being really normal oh yes like yes when you go normal. to university yes yeah and you know right especially there's people you know they're multilingual and they're grade 8 piano and they're incredibly intelligent and they're sporty and all of these things and I was just a little bit like who am I um, um, yeah. um and I didn't thrive Oxford is one way to put it like I oh, made really? some amazing mm. friends yeah mm-hmm. yeah I think that I um, I kind of closed down. I'm getting a bit emotional. I don't think I've, I've told this story, in, oh, in yeah. um, you Right? yeah, but there you go. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I, I sort of closed down and um, made some bad decisions. Um, didn't really engage with the university in the way that like looking back, I wish I had done. So, you know, people say no regrets. I'm like, actually, that's a period of my life that if I could do again, I would like to do differently. Mm. And I would have liked to have taken full advantage of, you know, all the amazing intellects I was meeting the opportunities to just try so many different things. And, um, yeah, I basically did a little bit of sport, a little bit of study and, um, drank a lot <laughs> <laughs> sounds familiar yeah so, so how does this get me to japan yeah um, i came out of university with a degree at a level i didn't want i remember i got the phone call and i got a two two not a two one which is what i've been aiming for and um i just howled on the phone like well actually maybe after i do up the phone like, <laughs> this, like animal guttural pain and my mum was like oh my goodness Oh my goodness, this is a PG podcast, I just have to watch my language. Um, So what is going on down here? Um, And I hadn't really got a plan of what I was going to do. But then I split up with my boyfriend that day, um, which was a good move. And I decided that, yes, I would go and live overseas for a year. I saw um, an advert. I had one of those sliding doors moment. I could have gone on a graduate program and gone to live in Hull. Um, in the northeast of England, or I could have uh, come and interviewed in London for a Kaiwan or Geos, which I believe is no longer in existence, and come to Japan for a year. And that's what I chose was oh, to go wow. to that interview, um, and I came to Japan in 1999 as an English teacher in Chiba. Ah,
0: yeah. so I've, so always I've been, been to Kinkai. my senpai by oh.
1: three years, yeah. maybe. Yeah, three years, yeah. Mm-hmm. So actually, November. Th- 3rd did I arrive on or November 2nd sorry the day before is it Bunkanohi culture day or something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah that's my 20 year anniversary so your Japan anniversary this yeah. year is 20 yeah. wow. 20 yeah exciting what are you gonna do are you gonna
0: have a party or no oh my goodness <laughs> Wow, it used to be like every year that I clocked up, I used to have this massive party. Yeah. <laughs> I did it. I'm in another year. And now it's just like, oh yeah, okay. But I'm 20. That's, that's pretty yeah. cool. Well, oh, I well. was
1: planning to have a massive party, but then now my sister is coming for uh, the Rugby World Cup and she leaves on like the night of the first after the final. So um, I just, I haven't got bandwidth to, to organize it. Right. Uh, there's so much going on. So I just, uh, I'll I'll have one, but. And then somebody said to me, like, why does it have to be on that weekend on that day? I was like, oh, oh, oh yeah. Nice point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, only because I think it needs to be so that I can say today is my 20th anniversary. But, you know, how often do we have like birthday parties and events on the actual day? There's another exactly true. 364 days that I can celebrate this on. And actually, I don't even need to celebrate it in 2019 because 2020 is my, you know, it's still in my 20th year. So right, right, there you go. Yes. So we, mm-hmm. we may not see the invitations going out <laughs> till after Christmas because you, you know what this time of year is like in Japan. It's so great yeah, for events yeah. and sightseeing and then everything you get into Christmas. And I'm off in December for 10 days to Portugal to do the level four um, points of view uh, what's I can't, I to remember the name of the program, but the, um, the the top level, top view, I believe it's called right um, expert training. So uh, a master trainer, training. Sort
0: of well, that's exciting.
1: Yes. Yeah. So um, yeah, wow. Be, uh, yeah. Great. Hmm.
0: So yeah, I think we need to make like Japan anniversaries a thing. You know, like um, yes. <laughs> just to be like a a proper celebrated. Thing, yeah, yeah <laughs> that we yeah, observe like whole, whole in Japan. And, Yeah, yeah, we all send each other presents. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, how much cultural appropriation have you done in your twenties? Yeah, <laughs> oh, kanji test? Um, oh, yeah, I was goodness, thinking of having yeah. like a you know party like it's nineteen ninety nine, and I thought it would be really interesting to see how like my Japanese friends versus all my international friends sort of see nineteen ninety nine. Right. Uh, yeah. Because of course, when I came, it was like. Mini Money and Smap were really big and you know Loose Socks and gangaro and all of those things and then in England at the time I remember still the Spice Girls were going Romeo and Juliet had come out you know with that that Baz Luhrmann film um yeah those are kind of the things that I remember from Mm, like mm, my university mm, years right yeah please don't fact check me on that Um, I think it was probably 96 but it was still kind of in my like right yeah.
0: yeah yeah that would be a fun comparison right because yes. the, the, the worlds are just so separate back then too like like I wasn't in Japan so I at 1999 so I, I don't like necessarily have all of the same cultural references that you do but yeah, yeah they're completely different to what they are today and yeah it's just fun to look back and see how much of the Japanese culture you have has become a part of you almost yeah yeah the 20 years that you've been here and we have seen a lot, you know, <laughs> we've seen Ganguro, we've seen what all, <laughs> yeah. all the different crazy fashions that have been through um, Japan, even just that is quite amazing. Yeah. yeah. I also
1: feel like fashions in Japan are a lot more conservative, or maybe it's just the places that I go, you know, Ganguro is such an extreme look, and I don't see that extreme fashion these days (laughs) it's true yeah it might also be because you know it's kind of the now so it's 20 years since 1999 and those sort of 90s grunge fashions are coming back in so it just seems normal to me that's the
0: thing I have noticed that recently like the 90s fashion coming back and I'm like no stop it like I am not buying this outfit again I owned this in (laughs) 1997 I'm not paying money for it again yeah it's it's quite frustrating and I see girls walking around with these hairstyles and makeup and I'm like no no stop that you're going to regret it later (laughs) stop with the choker Yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah oh dear yeah yeah i'm uh, yeah showing our ages yeah, yeah all right <laughs> yeah, so you ended up in Japan um you started working in Aikaiwa. i'm also yes. yeah I came to japan um with nova,
1: good yes. old Nova back in the nova. day when it was a
0: behemoth, and now it's not
1: but um yes, yes. yeah a change it's in twenty years
0: so, um, yeah, so um, you I, know a I lot of women school. leave though like you know it, a lot of women who come with a kaiwa don't stay in japan yes right so what made you like what was different for you do you think that
1: well i did find love yeah uh so i I think the you know year one to year zero to year one kind of thing like renewing my contract it was very much at three months i said this isn't going to be long enough because you're working you haven't really got any time to travel around japan um and then i met my husband in like the april after i'd arrived um so i had already decided i would extend my contract regardless but i did not imagine that i would still be here 20 years later um but also you know so i worked in the in the schools for two years and i moved to head office for two years and then at that point so that must be like 2003 yeah about four years in i said to my boyfriend at the time um yeah i think i'm gonna go back to england like i don't really see what my future holds in japan um, my visa is about to run out, and yes, maybe it's time. And uh, he took me to an onsen in Akita and proposed a cunning way to get me to stay, <laughs> which, which worked very well.
0: Yeah, uh, so here
1: I am. And it's great, thanks to my husband uh, now, that my name is Shinkai, which is atarashi Hiraku, which means new open. Oh, so when wow. I started the business three years ago as a facilitator and a coach, it's like, wow, new open, Shinkai. That's a great name for a trainer, right? Just to mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, make mm-hmm. different possibilities and creating different spaces. So, um, yes, thank you, Shinkai san, for bequeathing me that name.
0: Yeah, uh, that, that's kind of a very cool, like, I mean, obviously, you could never have predicted that you were going to marry someone like that and have this, but it just, you know, the, the, all the dots lining up and just yeah. sort of creating this very cool.
1: Thing, kind yeah. Of, yeah, like the 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 story and the different pieces. Yeah, together.
0: yeah, yeah. They all yeah. just sort of click
1: in um, a way you
0: never imagined. Yeah,
1: yeah. And and then so around that time, I had decided that I would um, I would still leave the language school, and I joined the JMEC program, which is still going. And I met some amazing people, and then I decided to send out because I was working as a trainer at head office of um, Economos, and. I sort of started to apply to some recruitment companies um, to get a job in HR as a trainer. And uh, they all said, you haven't got enough experience, but would you like to be a recruiter? I thought, OK, maybe I'll have an interview. And I went in with a company called Wall Street Associates and um, I thought sales, some sales experiences would be good. I didn't imagine that I would stay with that. <laughs> this is kind of the story of my life. I never imagined mm-hmm. that I would, you know, still be here. I never imagined I would stay with that company for 12 years. Wow. Yeah. Um, because it had such an interesting journey and continues to to grow and uh, go from strength to strength. So, um, testament to its great culture and the people that they have, um, But you know, when I joined, it was 25 people, privately owned by a great guy called Nick Johnston, who taught me a lot. Um, And then when I left in, let me get this right, 2016, does that sound about right? Yeah, 2016, Mm -hmm. um, we were a subsidiary company of NJapan. So, you know, Japanese, massive public company. And we had 800 people across Asia Pacific, including about 200 in Japan at the time and I was doing marketing was totally different from the sales job that I joined and I'd had a lot of different jobs during those 12 years as well because the company kept changing and I kept recreating myself more transformations mm. along the way that's amazing yeah.
0: that you yeah like you know even though we're in Japan you still had the chance to recreate yourself and yeah. do different jobs you know even though it was in the same company yes um, you know that's like that kind of thing doesn't really happen where i live do you know what i mean right. <laughs> so i'm sitting here like green with envy almost right. but um, but yeah that's that's fa- that's fantastic that you're able to do that have that experience um, yeah
1: and i think that's something that you know i talk a lot about in my work when i talk about ikigai with people about you know life purpose and what do you love what you are good at uh what can you be paid for and what does the world need that it's like a series of transitions and a series of transformations to use your, your branding, Um, that different conversations that you need to have with different stakeholders, none of the jobs which I had existed before I had them apart from the sales job. Right. Um, So everything was a case of me sort of going, Hmm, not that happy here in this role right now, quite like the company though and the people where do I see some gaps and where might I be useful where can I add value Mm. and sort of negotiating around those positions and when I work with a lot of participants in workshops or in coaching you know I'll be in a in a workshop with a company with you know 20,000 people in Japan people say there's no opportunities for me you know I'm working with high potential women for example no opportunities for me in this firm like, I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, who have you talked to about this? Oh, I talked to my manager once. Right. I, it's not enough. It's right. not enough. Mm. Um, now, I also heard a story the other day of someone saying that it's easier, actually, for me to get a job with another company than it is to use our internal mobility program. But that is a different issue. <laughs> right. Right. That's all about politics. But this is, you know at least then you have had an idea of what it is that you want to do. You've talked about it. You've tried to have those conversations and you've done everything you can. Mm. Um, Because I worked in recruitment for so many years, although I wasn't in sales for the whole time, I just saw a lot of people who went from, you know, one sort of ill fitting role to the next, but in another company, they had a Mm -hmm. honeymoon period, six to 12 months, and then they're back on the job market because, They've not done the inner work and they've not really tried to reveal what was going to, you know, make them feel fulfilled and be meaningful work. And they're just kind of letting yeah. what seems like a natural progression happy uh, happen. sorry, without yeah. actually breaking it down. And that's not every candidate, of course, but uh, a large mm. number of people who were seen as so-called jumpy. That was why. So tell us about Ikigai
0: and... And what, what does it mean to you and how do you, um, incorporate that into your trainings and things?
1: Yeah. So I wish I had known about the Ikigai model in like 2015, 2016, when I was having my like kind of midlife crisis <laughs> and feeling, um, very depressed at work. And I got, um, oh, what's it called in your back? Uh, like a hernia, slip disc. Right. I was laid up in bed and it was around that time I started to work with a coach and do a lot of, um uh, work around what I was looking for and informational interviews and all those things. I just wish I'd had the knowledge of this Ikigai model, um, to help me in, in that time, because I found since then, when I use it, every time I use it in workshops and when I do the work on myself, it's like, oh, this is a really helpful framework to just check about balance. So I originally heard about it, probably from the same, um, you know, meme that everyone's seen on LinkedIn and Facebook with <laughs> a 4 part Venn diagram. And just before I got on the call with you, Jane, I actually read an article that was totally debunking it. Um, it was pretty interesting. So I'm going to have to go and uh, reread that and, and see what I think about that view. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I met a lady through Points of View, which is a coaching tool from Israel that I use a lot in workshops. And her name's Naomi Isoda. And she had created a work, a process using points of view and Ikigai uh, framework to help people discover and answer the questions of what do you love, what are you good at, what can you be paid for, and what does the world need? And I remember that uh, Isada-san said, you know, she picked up uh, the lovely Ekuto Garcia's book um, about Ikigai, which is a great read and a really wonderful introduction to the topic and very much focuses on... Um, The Blue Zone in Okinawa, and looking at the background of uh, Ikigai, so I do recommend that. Um, He's still living in Tokyo. He's a really nice guy. I've met him once and hope to catch up with him again soon. So hey, Hector, if you're there. Um, And Narumi said, you know, she read the back of the book, the blurb, and it's something like, all Japanese people believe they have an Ikigai, a reason to jump out of bed in the morning. <laughs> yeah right. So that was her reaction. That right. was my reaction. So when I met yeah. Marami and she said that, I was like, "Yeah, you're you're my people." Um, so I think that the model is like so popular overseas, yeah. Um, and it's po- you know positioned as this thing that you know kind of cool Japan, and it's all in there with the wabi sabi and all of these different things. But mm-hmm. like, as we know, as people who live in Japan for a long time. Um, not all of these things that you, you know, don't believe everything you read on the internet just as with everywhere. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's not necessarily how people are living um, their lives. So I saw it through as a coaching tool and as a model, as a way to help anybody, regardless of their nationality, to just focus a little bit more on purpose. Um, but particularly for my Japanese participants, I just get a lot of feeling that people are doing gaman, Yeah. And they are... They're definitely working hard. Um, they are in the office. They're putting the hours in. But there's quite a large number of people that I've worked with um, either you know in my previous firm or um, as participants who don't seem to derive any kind of joy or purpose or meaning out of their work. And it's more about this is a job which will pay my bills. Mm. But let's say for example, you know, in the UK, this is a job that will pay my bills. And then I clock out at six o'clock and then I go off and I do, you know, my music or my art or I'm with my family. I feel like a lot of the people that I work with say, this is a job that pays my bills and doesn't leave me with any time to do anything else.
0: And I should be grateful for that. I should be grateful for that. Yes. Because if I lose this job, it's all over with Rover. Basically, right. isn't it? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. You know, if you if you off-ramp at any point, then don't ever try to get back into yeah. to planning. Mm. Um, yeah, so I so I use it as a way to encourage people to think about what's important to them, to see how they might be able to bring and integrate sort of different aspects that are just gonna make their lives a little bit happier every day. Um, and to let people know that, yeah, you deserve to have options and you do have choices. I sometimes feel like a lot, but maybe it's because of the timing that I work with people, That people are just feeling so broken and that there's no way out and, and there's no other possible option. Mm. And I want to help people to see that actually, yeah, it's not gonna happen overnight, but maybe there's a small thing that you can do at work tomorrow, or there's a way that you can reframe this relationship or you can even scandalously just stop doing this task, and nobody will notice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What would happen?
0: Mm, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I love I love all of that because it it you know you can start today, yes. and a lot of Japanese people are gumming, and and it's not all just Japanese people, but I especially see Japanese people. Um, gaman, well, putting up with things. Let's use the English word. Um, yes. Persevering. <laughs> <laughs> <for, laughs> uh, persevering for like until they retire. You know, like it's not like until next week or for a month. It's yeah. like really yeah. long periods of time that they're they're thinking that they're going to put up with this or yeah. persevere with this. Um, and I'm like, well, you know, maybe if you just try, you know, let's just do this some little shift or change and see how that. Right affects things you'll be in a different place in a year's time you know um
1: so i mean like as we've just seen this weekend so you gamand, you gamand, you gamand, and then everything that you had is washed away is it worth it and did you really live your life every day and i'm getting a bit uh, goosebumps (laughs) saying this so Mm. like what's it all for and I'm not saying like okay, let's uh, chase some hedonistic dream of like full on enjoying ourselves every single day, but just kind of check in and go. You know, I, I was reading an article, some some research talking about uh, yes, actually, a lot of Japanese people, according to this research, do believe they have an ikigai, but only I think there's maybe 25 percent of it find it in their work, right? Um, and a large number of people find it in their family, but when you think about how family time is i don't even know the word to say like not valued or just even put to the side so it's not prioritized right yeah Yeah. not prioritized thank you (laughs) i can't even think of the japanese word. so there's no excuses there um you know saying that um i'm doing it for my family but you're providing financially but are you there for the other things and you know i have a friend who works with um a lot of senior uh you know butcher male butchers and uh, like senior managers and they're like scared to go home yeah because they don't know their family and i'm like and mean yeah. you, you know you have been doing this you have been putting in all this work for your family but what's the output mm. right and yeah. um, what at what cost and at what cost yeah so So I I guess it might sound like I'm getting a bit preachy, telling people how to live. That's definitely not my intention. Um, My intention is to just help people see, like, there's some other ways that you can approach these things. And here are some tools that you might want to use. Here's one way to ask yourself some important questions. And, um, you know, in the workshop, it's just about creating the space. Um, But the journey programs that I run are definitely about, like, let's make this a little bit more practical. Mm.
0: And I like that it's practical because, you know, your average person is not going to sell everything and move to Bali to be supposedly happy. And I guarantee you they wouldn't find happiness in Bali anyway. Um, You can be happy with what you have now. Right. And, you know, it's just, yeah, let's find what it is that, that the little tweaks that you can make now that'll, that'll lead to happiness. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes yes so Nai, mm. yeah so uh, matai.
1: and that's yeah. the thing you know when you see i see people in different workshops and you see how they light up and how they engage and just all the hopes and dreams and you know, japan is going through a massive labor shortage so people have lots of ideas but they don't mm. have necessarily the psychological safety in their organization to share them very afraid of failure risk yeah. averse so so that's like another piece of my work as well to create inclusive cultures where people can share those ideas regardless of their gender and their background and their age and whether they went to the right university or not. And just mm. let's use what's making us unique humans to help build our business, build better products for our customers and solutions. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's not helping anyone or anything hiding your light yeah. And yeah, that's,
1: but we want to shine, not we sh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For the yeah. guys as well. The guys exactly. as well.
0: And it, I mean, just recently I heard someone, um, in my, one of my friend's friends, um, just, he was like 28 and just dropped dead like mm-hmm. from overwork from um, responsibility from, you know, all the things. And I just think that's, that's so sad. Yeah, that's right. It's just terrible. And this is, you know, in in not even in Tokyo where you imagine, you know, this is in Fukushima, you know. Right. But, you know, it, overwork happens everywhere and um that's a real thing in Japan especially. So yeah, let's yeah. let's enjoy what we have. Yeah? yeah. All we have is what we have today. So right.
1: <clears throat> and you know if people have from a from, from an economic standpoint and i'm not an economist so again don't fact check me on this but when people have more leisure time then they are able to contribute to the economy in a different way so that's where discretionary spending comes in that's where people are able to feed tourism um, you know when we're only uh, our only input into the economy is through our production through our work and we're not consuming enough then obviously that's going to have an impact on the other end
0: mm. that's a very finite amount
1: of energy what was, it called? what was it called happy fridays i can't remember
0: oh that was a thing wasn't it wasn't it what yeah was it? i
1: mean it was like
0: i can't remember what it was called now yeah anyway happy, happy friday you know, was wasn't it Happy
1: friday yeah and we went so i was supposed to go home at 12 o'clock but then nobody
0: was it 12 o'clock or was it like five o'clock <laughs>
1: I, I think we're supposed to have a maybe five. I can't remember, but we're all supposed to we're leave. Supposed early. to leave on time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the irony, right? Um, mm. uh, but although then, what happened was, you know, people. A couple of people I talked to about it were like, "Yeah, we had like a company drinking party, so I still didn't like mm. go to the cinema with my darling or yeah. take my right. family out for dinner." It was still like organizational focus. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. Okay. Yeah. So you have got some workshops coming up. So please have, tell yes. us about them and how people can join them if they're, you know, they've heard something that they really like the sound of today while we've been talking. It's
1: great. So one of the uh, workshops i um I can't even speak, (laughs) coming up on November the 6th in Tokyo. It's a half-day workshop in the afternoon. And I will be collaborating with Stefan from New Works. And I can never pronounce his last name, so it's going to kill me, so I won't butcher it now. Um, And we're going to be using a workshop around the Ikigai card game, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because rather than having the fourth, third and fourth questions, it has a reality check zone where you're asked to sort of questions like um what's one of them being honest with yourself can you really be good enough to differentiate yourself in this market like
0: oh wow right
1: (laughs) (laughs) whereas i you know i do a workshop that i talked about is that sounds um creative with points of view and that is um (laughs) very like dream big and and just explore and see what's possible and don't edit yourself and um the Ikigai card game sort of brings it back, very much to like really, you know, um, how are you going to do this? How are you going to make it happen with your right? Um, mm-hmm. So I can send you uh, and your listeners a link to sign up via uh, Doorkeeper.
0: Okay. Yes, do send that to us. So we'll put it in the yeah. show notes.
1: Yeah. Yes, thank you. And then another workshop I have coming up. I've talked about points of view a little bit today. Um, so this is a as I mentioned, a coaching tool from Israel that uses photos and words and just makes this amazing, unexpected but precise is one of the, uh, the buzzwords and points of view. Mm. Just these insights that you have, um, great communication tool. You can use it for self-coaching. You can use it for one-on-one coaching. Um, you know, if you're working as a coach or a counselor, um, you can use it in groups for if you're a facilitator. Uh, But also it's been used as a strategy tool within organizations talking about career conversations, teamwork, culture, mission, vision, values, the whole um, whole nine yards of different ways, sort of infinite possibilities of how you can use it as a workshop format. And I will be running the first time actually in English, the new academy program, and I will be offering the level one um, academy program called hello points and it's six hours you get a pack of the coaching game which is 65 gorgeous cards and a book and uh, focus notes all of these things you also get a pack of punctum which is 33 beautiful cards and question cards and uh, reflection cards um, as well as you know actual takeaways in terms of here is a workshop you know here is a process that you can run Um, with your customers so how to use it it's really experiential it's a beautiful day with the flow of it and how i've I've run similar programs before Um, but this is the first time that the program will be offered in english in japan Mm. because it's launching on november 1 officially Mm -hmm. and i will be running it on december 3rd in tokyo december Um, 3rd right yes and then people as well if they're interested in finding out more of course they can sign up to um my facebook page uh, follow me on linkedin and i also have a newsletter which goes out as well as a PTIx group for points of view work in english mm-hmm. so all to be in the show notes very short. good <laughs> So both of those workshops are in Tokyo, aren't they? Both are in Tokyo, yes.
0: And that it's November 6th one is a half day and the December 3rd is six hours. So yes, so it's, a, it's a, full a full day.
1: day. Yeah. yeah, it's mm-hmm. a full day. It's a really intense schedule, I have to say. <laughs> uh, like 20 minute break, 20 minute break, no lunch hour. It's like, right, right. Don't don't kind of break the no you don't
0: want to break at the, the magic sort of yes. mood that you get into yeah
1: do you? but you also don't want people to pass out from hunger as well so have <laughs> snacks. Snacks oh good there'll be, there. snacks. <laughs> there'll be snacks don't worry there'll be snacks like, like, drinks, like, like snacks and drinks provided bring your own bento or something like that
0: yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. so those are, some that are coming up yeah and i'll be yeah. running more workshops um more public workshops um in 2020 as well And if people are interested in bringing any of the things that we've talked about into organizations, that's actually where I do the the bulk of my work too.
0: Very good. Yeah. Mm. That's awesome. I would love to attend either of those on. And I would, if I wasn't (laughs) sort of trapped in Fukushima at the moment with my, um, with my family, my husband's not here, but um, yes, I will just imagine how wonderful that would be. So if someone like can't make it to Tokyo, is there some way they can like, Learn about this uh, points of view, or whatever you know, coaching, or the um the cards, or anything like that, by themselves.
1: So, yeah. So for points of view, I mean, you know, you can you can buy the tools online. They have an online game that you can access. I think. I mean, Jane, I think you did a points of view online when we. I mean, I wasn't
0: there that time oh, that okay. you had it. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. No. Yeah.
1: There is there is a way to run it online. Um, but one option as well, you know, if I can get enough people in a, um, in a Japan based location, anyway, I can travel to, uh, run like the hello points workshop problem. Um, so you can get sort of eight people together. i happy to travel around Japan. And there's also people around the world operate offering these programs as well. It's not a Japan based uh, business. So if you look right. at points of view.com, you can find a trainer, um, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot. I'm the only person in Japan doing, the, I think, at the moment, anyway, doing the Hello Points workshop in English. Mm-hmm. Um, the Japan nice. tribe is mostly Japanese trainers. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you speak Japanese, then there's many more options.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Yes. Good. Um, there's a lot of great um, facilitators out there. So who you, are in the Japan tribe? You can help <laughs> you out across across the country. Good. The Hokkaido and across in Kyushu. So yeah
0: well it sounds like there's a, a
1: community around the
0: the whole, the whole yeah community. it's a yeah. great
1: community and, and one of the you know this is actually the essence of points of view one of the founding ideas is about paying it forward and that's like why anatomy's work you know she could have kept this process all to herself but in the points of view we're always trying to like share the work okay. and get more people to experience it and increase the impact that we can have like through all the members of the tribe across the world rather than just being like, Oh, this is my IP. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to keep this just for me. Um, But of course I always uh, like to honor the work that she did and acknowledge that she's the, was the creator of the work too. Well, thank
0: you so much for coming and talking to us today about your journey (laughs) and your transformations and the work that you do. And I can see that it's, you know, must just, bring so much happiness to people as they work through how they can, you know, make improvements in their lives. And so you're doing important work, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank so you. Yeah.
1: Thank you. I, I really do feel like I'm integrating my Ikigai more and more every day, mm. just making little steps and, and trying to kind of keep um, keep to those things that I think are important and the work that mm-hmm. where I can, mm-hmm. you know, offer my value and be useful to people yeah okay well i hope it yeah i hope, it, yeah, I hope some of the
0: listeners will take um take advantage of those workshops or yeah yes. contact jennifer and she can come to you wherever you may yeah. be yeah awesome Amazing.
1: all right well thank you yeah. so much jennifer thank i hope you to see day. you in real
0: life again soon sometime
1: <laughs> yes yes if not okay. that's always online there yes. is okay. all right thank you so much bye bye
0: so that was the episode with the wonderful jennifer shinkai i hope you enjoyed hearing about her journey how she came to be in japan and yeah how she is you know living her best life in tokyo and working on making those you know small incremental changes that add up to be, you know, um, you know, to a wonderful life (laughs) over time. And as we mentioned in the episode, there'll be some links in the show notes for the trainings that Jennifer talked about. And I hope that if you're in or near Tokyo, you'll be able to join one of those because Jennifer is the only English speaking uh, trainer for the points of view, um, training that she does. And as we sort of mentioned in the episode, I actually missed out on being able to have a go with this. So I was really, really disappointed. But um, one day, yeah, we'll see. Actually, after we finished talking uh, on the episode, Jennifer told me later that um, she's actually writing a book at the moment, and she's actually looking for people who to um, feature in this book. So, um, yeah, so if you'd like to share your story about how you are integrating um, your ikigai into your life, she'd love to hear from you, okay? So if you would like to get in contact with her about that, just go to her website, you'll find the link in the show notes for that as well, and uh, you can contact her through that. That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, (laughs) Ikigai book feature. Why not? Okay, so thank you so much uh, for listening again. Thank you for all the well wishes and for all of the messages that I've had uh, from listeners and from from friends saying, are you okay? Is everything okay where you are? And, you know, things are getting back to normal here. And day by day, we're getting closer to... um, yeah tidying up the big mess that was left behind by the typhoon and I'm very lucky to have been affected you know hardly at all and yeah we will we'll get back to normal life again soon here I'm sure so have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you again soon (music) bye-bye I'm